Welcome back to This Is That, y'all, where we are bringing biblical clarity to cultural chaos. And right now in the world today, there is no shortage of cultural chaos going on, as you are fully aware. Now, before I share with you my next message, I want to remind you of a couple things that we have going on in the very near future here at ASI. First of all, I'm going to be speaking at The Collective this Friday night, April 22nd. Now, in case you don't know what The Collective is, this is a ministry run by our friends Shane and Faith Eklund, and they've asked me to come in and speak on a really, really important subject. That subject is the Jezebel spirit. That's right, the Jezebel spirit. I want to remind you guys that our battles in this life, they're not, everybody say not, they're not against flesh and blood. Our battles are against spirits. Paul calls them principalities and powers and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That's who our battles are against, spirits. And so when we expose this Jezebel spirit, it's going to be very, very helpful to you because this Jezebel spirit is in our culture like crazy right now. So we want to expose that spirit. We want to help you discern it. We want to help you become equipped to deal with it in your lives. Man, I'm just telling you, you need to be there. Now, this particular meeting at The Collective, it's for all ages. This isn't just young adults 18 through 30. We're opening it up for as many people uh, as possible. We can jam in the room. So if you want to come to it, here's what you need to do. You need to go to steveberger.org slash events and register there. Okay, you need to register to make sure you get a seat because seating is going to be limited. It is going to fill up. And so we want to make sure that you get registered and make sure you show up. Listen, can I just say something as your friend? If you register and don't show up and it sells out like our events have lately, then what happens is someone doesn't register because they hear it's full and then they don't get to come because you registered and didn't show up and then there's an empty seat. Let's not do that. If you register, show up. If you're not going to show up, let us know so that we can put someone who's on a waiting list in one of those seats. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for being other-centered. That's kind of a Jesus thing, isn't it? All right, one more thing. Our next Night of Truth is coming up on May 9th, and I'm really, really looking forward to this. Now, as you know, things are changing in our world every single day, and followers of Jesus can't afford to, to be oblivious as to the times and the seasons that we're living in. We've got to understand them, and we've got to know what to do. We have to be like those sons of Issachar. So we want you to come to that. If you have a friend that needs some perspective on the days that we're living in and wants to know what the Bible has to say about it, man, bring him with you. Come join us, Liberty Hall, May 9th. And again, you have to register it. Go to steveberger.org slash events and get registered, and let's pack the place out again. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are showing up, and it's a great time. It's going to be a great time this May 9th as well. Now, today I want to share a message with you that I've entitled The Spirit of Intercession. This is part five in our series on the seven spirits of Sodom. Now, as I've told you, like the the, the, the tone of this, the content of this little series we're doing here is not, is not lighthearted. It's not easy. It's not happy. It's as serious and sober as it can be. And yet we have to understand the days that we're living in. 
Jesus said before he returns, what's going to happen? It's going to be like the days of Lot. And so we've looked at the days of Lot and what were happening in Sodom and Gomorrah, where Lot lived, and we're seeing that the things that happened in Sodom and Gomorrah back in the days of Lot are happening in the United States of America and around the world today. In other words, we are seeing the things happening in culture and in society that are paving the way, listen to me, for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we want you to pay attention to this. So we've talked about the different spirits uh, up to this point in the first four um, teachings. Now, today what we're going to do, I'm going to put a a positive um, uh, spirit here. And again, we're calling this the spirit of intercession. We've talked about some pretty heavy things. This is going to be heavy in a different sense, in an, in an encouraging and in a responsible kind of sense. So it's heavy, it's important, it's just not reprobate like the things we've been talking about. So Genesis chapter 19, verses 6 through 8, we can miss this if, if we don't pay close attention. So check this out. So Lot went out to them through the doorway. He shut the door behind him and said, now he's saying to all of the Sodomites there, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they've come under the shadow of my roof. All right, now listen to me. You remember the story. Here's what's going on. The men of Sodom have circled the house. They're putting pressure on them. They're saying to Lot, hey, bring those men out to us that we could know them carnally. And now here's what Lot's response is. He's, he's now going to begin as, as a intercessor, as someone who stands between right and wrong, someone who stands between God and man, someone who speaks God's truth while confronting the culture and someone who is being courageous to the max. Again, this is a multi-generational mob mentality that want to gang rape these two men, and Lot, by himself, walks out to meet them, to close the door behind him, and to intercede, to communicate truth with them, and to plead with them to change their ways. So that's what happens here in this story. Notice the words that he says. He goes out to do the door, shuts the door behind him, and says to them, please, my brethren, don't do this wicked thing. Don't do this thing. And then he he gets back at the end of these three verses, and he says, don't you understand the very reason these guys have come under the shadow of my roof is because of the wickedness that's been happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. So here he is placing himself in the position of an intercessor under the spirit of intercession. Now, I'm not going to complicate this today. I just want to talk straight to you and and not bring in a ton of other scriptures that's going to get you thinking about a bunch of other things. I'm just telling you this right now. There has got to be a spirit of intercession that arises in the church where we stand between God and man, where we plead God's case with men and we pray for men before God. That is what an intercessor does, someone who stands in the gap with the heart of God to communicate to man what what God's will is 
and with a brokenness for the condition of wicked people and representing them before God, praying and asking God to be merciful, to save, to heal, to deliver, to set free. That's what an intercessor does. An intercessor carries the needs of mankind on the wings of their own prayers into the very throne room of God. So this spirit of intercession during really wicked times is something that we see throughout Scripture. In the book of Ezekiel, now this passage was made famous some 25 years ago when uh, Promise Keepers was at its height. They had a million men in Washington, D.C., and you remember their, their kind of their anchor passage, their anchor scripture for the event was Ezekiel twenty two thirty, and was just simply called Stand in the Gap because they realized then what God was looking for was someone with the spirit of intercession to stand in the gap. Let me read this to you, Ezekiel 22, verse 30. Times are horrible in Ezekiel's day. The prophet is prophesying and God says through him, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land or the people of the land that I should not destroy it. And God says, but I found no one. Now I want to leave that scripture up there. Look at this. Look at at what this spirit of intercession is like. God himself is saying when society and culture is in a bad way, What is God looking for? He's not looking for people just to condemn it and to be hopeless and just say, oh, well, forget about it. He's not looking for people just to be angry and throw stones at a broken society. God is looking for someone. He's seeking for someone who would make a wall, who would stand in the gap, he said, before me on behalf of the people. Again, that's what the spirit of intercession does. It doesn't just look at the darkness and curse it. It turns on the light. It turns on the light of God's revelation and who God is and what he would want in this particular circumstance. So what is God saying through Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah? He's saying, man, y'all need to stop the wickedness. What's God saying through Ezekiel? Hey, y'all need to stand in the gap and pray for the land. There's some bad stuff going on right now, because if you don't, he said, I'm going to destroy it. See, this is the spirit of intercession, y'all. We've got to give ourselves to it. If that's totally new to you, then here's what you need to do. You need to ask God, God, would you give me the spirit of intercession to care about, God, what you think about what's happening in the world today? and to care for the broken people who are operating in wickedness that need somebody to speak God's truth to them, but to also carry their brokenness to a God who can save, heal, and deliver them. Ask God to give you the spirit of intercession. Now, sadly, the the last five words right there, you see when God's saying, hey, I looked for somebody to stand in the gap to operate in the spirit of intercession. Look at those last five words that God says but I found no one. Couldn't find anybody. It seems like nobody cared. It seemed like nobody understood the ways or the will or the word of God. It was like nobody got it. What God is looking for when things are going to hell in a handbasket is someone who will courageously, like righteous Lot, stand up, speak the truth in love, and pray with compassion for broken people. That's what God's looking for. I pray that when God looks at my life, 
in the country and in the world that I'm living in right now? I pray that he doesn't say, yeah, I looked and see what Steve was doing, but yeah, he was kind of checked out. He didn't care. I was looking for Steve to be an intercessor, but yeah, he, he wasn't interceding. He was watching TV. He was doing just uneternal things, okay? This is serious. I'm going to give you one more verse. Isaiah 59, verse 16. I want you to see this is throughout the Old Testament, this spirit of intercession. Again, the prophet Isaiah is prophesying to Israel at a time when they, again, are broken, wounded, defeated. They're wicked. Listen to what God said. Or, or Isaiah said about God. He said, he saw, God saw that there was no man, and God wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness, it sustained him. Again, th think about this. This gives us some insight into the heart and mind of God. God saw that there was no one interceding. He saw that there was no one building a wall and standing in the gap, and he wondered about it. That word wondered there, it's, it's always just blown my mind because it almost paints a picture of God like he doesn't uh, know everything, that he's not all-knowing, that he's not omniscient. But what it does, it just helps us see God's heart. It helps us see his personality. This, this, this isn't um, uh, a, a um, recording, if you will, of, of um, demeaning God, of making God look like he's, he doesn't have it all together, doesn't understand everything. Oh, God wondered because he didn't know. No, no. It lets us into his heart and personality where like, God's going, really? Things are this bad? I can't believe there's no, how can there be no intercessor right now? How can there be nobody standing in the gap? God wondered that there was no intercessor. I don't want God wondering whether Steve Berger's an intercessor or not. I don't want God wondering whether I'm courageously speaking truth to a world gone mad or whether I am compassionately praying for people's wickedness to be forgiven and turned around so that we can see their lives saved, okay? All right, just one final verse here, and I want, to, want you to see this in the New Testament. This, again, is a passage of Scripture that I try to remind people of regularly. I don't want you to think that the spirit of intercession is just some archaic Old Testament thing. I want to remind you, listen to Paul's words, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Paul writes and says, Therefore, I exhort, it means I want to fire you up, and I want to fire you up today. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, it means this is a place of priority. I want to exhort you, first of all, listen, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for who? For all men. Now, let me just pause right there. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. These are all different types of prayer, but right in the middle of it is the word intercession. Again, someone who stands in the gap before a broken, wicked world and a holy, righteous God. Someone who communicates God's will, someone who communicates mankind's brokenness. That's what an intercessor does. And Paul says, man, I'm exhorting you, I'm firing you up that as a place of priority, intercession, the spirit of intercession needs to rise up in you. He says, and that the giving of thanks be made for all men. 
doesn't say for the men you like, doesn't say for the men you voted for, it doesn't say for the political party you belong to, it just says for all men. Follower of Jesus, listen to me. We are called to pray for all men, just like Lot did, just like Lot did, back as he pleaded with them. Okay, you're saying, well, Steve, he pleaded with them. He didn't cry out to God. No, this is the spirit of intercession where he's letting God's will be made known to the men. Stop your wickedness. He's interceding on God's behalf, okay? But our prayers need to have that same kind of courageous, compassionate, intercessory spirit about it. And he said, I want you to be praying this way so that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. See, this spirit of intercession, it, it, it's been given to us. It's a gift from the church. The gift of prayer is so that we can petition heaven so that God's kingdom would come, so that his will would be done, and it would be expressed through quiet, peaceable, godly, reverent living. That's what's got to happen. That's what we have to start bombarding heaven with. And look at what he says next. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. God wants us to be operating in the spirit of intercession. He wants us to be praying that way. Beloved, I wonder if the church really got mobilized, if we really took prayer seriously, if we gave ourselves to intercession that was, that was courageous and compassionate, I wonder how long it would take for this nation to turn around. I, I don't know the exact answer to it, but I know when there's a lack of intercession, things keep going the way they are right now. I thank God for the intercessors that I know who spend their life praying, praying, crying out to God for the church and the country. Thank God for them. But I'm telling you, there's not enough. We need a whole lot more to start functioning in the spirit of intercession because this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Look at what else, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So you look at people out there who are wicked. They look more like Sodom and Gomorrah than, than they do some self-righteous person at church. What's God say? God says, I want to save them. And what God says is, your prayers could be the very thing that causes them to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we look back on Lot's experience in Sodom. We see that even though he gave himself to pray, even though he confronted them, and even though he was courageous and all that, you know what? Judgment still came. Here's the thing, intercessor. You can't be completely held responsible for the outcome of the wicked, but what you and I will be held responsible and accountable for is whether we function in the spirit of intercession or not. Is God gonna say, I looked at your life to see if you were interceding and found no one? Beloved, let's find ourselves in the, in the place of prayer and intercession, and then let's leave the results to God, but let's make sure we're found standing in the gap, building a wall, praying our guts out, praying and speaking truth in hopes that God would save all men because that's what his desire is. Let's pray some people into the kingdom.
let's pray some hell out of the United States of America and out of the church, and let's pray some heaven into the United States of America and into our local churches. God bless you all. I look forward to seeing you next time. Keep us in prayer here at ASI as we keep you in prayer. God bless you. Go to steveberger.org slash events and register for one of our upcoming events. It's going to be awesome. Again, God bless you. We love you. We look forward to seeing you soon. Take care.